And welcome, everybody, to another edition of Podcast Quincy's City View with Mayor Tom Koch. I'm Mark Carey, his media director, and we uh, missed last week, but we're good to be. It's been a busy week. Happy to be back. Hopefully, uh, you'll share with your friends that this podcast does exist. Um, yeah, so we want you to tell your friends. We can get it wherever you subscribe to podcasts on iHeartRadio, on uh Spotify, you name it, it's out there. Wherever you get your podcasts, just tell your friends about it because that's how this thing is going to grow and that's why it's how it's been growing. So without any further ado, with me in his own office is I Mayor hate Tom that Coke. term, without any further ado. Why? I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like, come up with something else, will you? Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> give it up for, oh, for, the, for the mayor oh, of the no, city the, of Quincy. The, All right, so hey, mayor, it's been a busy couple of weeks. That's why we haven't been around. Yeah, so busy, uh, busy time of year, but uh, for sure. Good stuff. A lot of good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff. The Just, Dick Stratton thing. I know we talked about it, so we won't spend a lot of time on it. But that was truly. I don't. I didn't expect it to be that incredible. It was really something else. The dedication of the old Arlington Street to Stratton Way in North Quincy. It worked out very well, and I got a beautiful letter from him thanking uh, me, the city, and everybody involved uh, for putting it together. He was just so delighted. His wife, Alice, his son, Patrick, was here, his granddaughter, Amanda. They couldn't have been more pleased with, with the welcome they received, welcome home, really, you know, in many ways. So that's that's a very key phrase to the Vietnam veteran, welcome home, because they never got that welcome home when they came, so... Uh, they came back. So I uh, know he was very, very happy. Uh, it was a nice program. Vice Admiral uh, Matthew Kohler, uh, in charge of naval intelligence, was there as the keynote speaker. He, I thought he was terrific. Amazing. He hit the nail on the head, told the story. Of course, the, the Stratton's remarks were just remarkable. It just, oh. The guy's incredible. He's absolutely incredible. A new level of humility that I never thought, you know, you think you know it, and then all of a sudden a guy like that who was prisoner of war for six years in Vietnam, and he tells, as he's talking to the crowd, he says, the people back here suffered. You know, they, they, my, my wife raised my kids. You know, she party trained them. They were all civilized by the time I got home. And, and like, you know, he was tortured for six years in a, in a Vietnam That's prison. Right. He was aviation. He was a pilot. And uh, his plane went down over Vietnam. And he, and he was in there for 2,251 days, which is just incredible when you think about it. And uh, met Bradno in there, who was also a North grad and, and had been shot down prior. And uh, I, I looked up some of his old, clippings when he first came back and uh, and I gave them all to him in the local paper. He wow. was just thrilled to, to see it. But I remember him saying that Jane Fonda and, and um, presidential candidate Senator George McGovern were with the North Vietnamese. And he went on to say that, look, George McGovern was a candidate for president. He has every right to have his opinion. That's what we were fighting for. But he didn't have anything good to say about Jane Fonda. These guys yeah. were getting, you know, tortured and beaten, and and uh, you know some of the, the the games that went on at the time were just not fair. These these guys were answering the call of their country, and he he always reminds people when I've heard him publicly speak. He said, "Look, North Vietnam invaded South Vietnam. Mm. There were communist North Vietnamese invading South Vietnam. South Vietnam asked for our help." And, uh, and this country responded to that help. I mean, let's think about communism, right? That's, this is what the kids don't get today right. in history books, right? Go back to communism. Everyone le has learned about Hitler, a very evil, horrible leader. Mm. But Stalin killed 60 to 70 million of his own in Russia. Mao killed the numbers of 100 million of his own people in China, all under the name of communism. So they were the enemy at the time in the world. And, and, and I would suggest we shouldn't never let our guard down on that. If you ask me, China's going backwards. 
this new leader of China, who is the self-proclaimed permanent president forever, you know, people should remember that. They, they want to undermine our values. That's why, you know, we've seen a lot of Asian immigration to our country. They want to get away from that. I love the Chinese people and the culture, but I hate that government. Of course. They're our enemy, socially, politically, spiritually, economically. Uh, what a category you want to put on it. And why do we have such an, an incredibly vibrant, wonderful Chinese population here? It's because a lot of them wanted to escape the uh, horrible situations that we... That's that right. And they want to be rewarded for hard work. That's what the beauty of this country. If you want to do something in this country and you have the wherewithal and the ethic, work ethic to do it, you can do it. What yeah. great freedoms we have. So back to Dick Stratton, he talked about some of that stuff. And, and uh, I tell you, we need, we need more of that. The, what these kids, uh, young people learning in the classroom, to me, is uh, wholly inadequate. It really is when you think about it. If we don't know our history... We're going to repeat that history, right? And we got to be very careful of that. As, as, as a, obviously the major superpower, sup, superpower in the world, we weren't always the superpower, but we are now the superpower, right? Um, and uh, we're the envy of the world. The freedoms we have, the quality of life and standard of living we have, uh, is the envy of the world. We really are. We really are. With all our warts, with all our charm, I'm not saying we're perfect. No, we're believe not. me. But uh, what did Demar- uh, Churchill say about democracy? It's the worst form of government, except for all the rest. Yeah, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, I love him right. too. He's a great guy. Well, so, since you're so Stratton's were Stratton's were very happy. I'm thrilled. We're going to send them a nice package of all the photos and press clippings, and uh, looking forward to reconnect with him again at some point. Just awesome people. Well, that's fantastic. But while you're still on fire, we we talked about this before the show. We were going to talk about. Uh, we'll we'll bring this up, Southwest Middle School and that dedication in a minute. But we want to talk about. It brings us to this discussion of the of decorum in in politics and in life and where this country's going and you know we just had a, a major victory with the uh, death of the head of ISIS. Uh, Al, 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 why am I forgetting his name right now? Al Baghdadi. Baghdadi. Al Baghdadi. Where we're going? I know you would. This was on your mind earlier. We were having a conversation about this, but talk about decorum and in society and politics and well, government. Be, well, before I do that, that, I mean, bringing up that issue I think is, is rather appropriate. I mean, uh, the, that ISIS group, you know, it was Al-Qaeda before them. Um, they hate the West. They hate us. They hate our values. And they're going to do everything they can to destroy us. And yeah. so, first of all, thank you to the president on this one, to his team, the military leaders, for executing on this mission. I mean, this, these people don't understand anything except if you kill them mm. before they kill us. Exactly. And I, and I say that with great reservation as a Christian who believes in mercy and forgiveness and all that, but these people have no concept of that. And, uh, you know, so so first of all, congrats on that to our, uh, to our uh, military folks, leaders, and the president of that one. But, yeah, you know, and bef- it was, it's this data before Trump was elected. Uh, I've seen it locally. I've seen it manifesting itself more deeply at the federal level. But whatever happened to decorum? Whatever happened to a respectful conversation about respecting each other's views? They may be very different. Uh, and many times uh, they are with, with, with folks. And But you could always have that discussion without getting into name-calling and screaming and and, uh, and and the whole lack of decorum. I, I love the, the analogy, and a lot of people use when you, when you see what's going on at the federal level today, and, and this is not an indictment on everybody. I, you know, Congressman Steve Lynch is, is one of my best pals in government. He's, he's just a terrific individual, uh, works very hard for the district. He's here all the time. He's, he's not in the bubble down like there, like a lot of them just hide, never come home. Yeah. He gets it. He knows the, the district. He knows his people. He's representing. 
uh, in a class act, you know. But at that federal level, we've seen, you know, a real erosion of that decorum. And, mm-hmm. and I, I mentioned that the analogy I love is is Ronald Reagan, who's one of my favorites. I mean, you know, I was a Democrat at the time, but I voted for Ronald Reagan. And at the same time, Tip O'Neill, who was from Massachusetts, Speaker of the House, they couldn't be further apart in ideology. Absolutely. Tip was was a liberal. Or I would think today, if he was like he was then today, he'd be conservative, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah. It's gone so crazy, in my view. And then Ronald Reagan was was an ultra-conservative. And, and they disagreed and publicly disagreed. But you never saw them call each other names. Never. You, In fact, they got together regularly. They played cards. They had a drink together. And, and they knew that... Um, that everything about this country was bigger than them individually. They respected the process. They respected the institutions. They worked in the institutions with great dignity. And I tell you, we could use a Tip O'Neill and and a Ronald Reagan today. I agree. Outstanding individuals in their own right. Why do you think that changed? Oh, boy, that's, you know. Was uh, the 104th Congress, you think? Was it back then and during the Clinton age, or was it it the? I think that maybe maybe it started then. I mean, um, you know, the whole, uh, Bill Clinton was brilliant and, and he did a lot of great things for this country, but, you know, he, he was also a failure in many ways. And, and I think the dishonor he brought to the White House by some of his personal choices was not a good thing right. to suggest at the time that wasn't really sex. What are you sending message to all young people at the time? I, you know, I don't, I don't want to get on that path. Yeah, yeah, but, right. So I don't know when exactly But uh, now it's occurred, at a point where it's but bad. It, it's at a point where it's real bad. I mean, you get, you get peoples and family uh, members that, you know, uh, there's rules of engagement or there's rules of at Thanksgiving. Are you, nobody talks about politics. Don't talk about religion. Don't talk about this. <laughs> um, and, and I can remember as a kid, my aunts and uncles, my parents at the table, they would have some spirited discussions, but it never got into that finger pointing in your face and, and yeah. hollering and screaming. And that's what happens now. I, I, I don't I don't know what, what the answer is. Uh, well, I know what the answer is. Everyone's got to you know um, grow up a little bit in one way, um, show respect to everybody, no matter their opinion out there. I mean, even today, I'm a conservative. You know that, Mark. Mm-hmm. And, and and I'm not suggesting I'm right on everything, but that's, you know, we all come, we all have these core values, right? They're shaped by how we're brought up, perhaps our faith formation, but we have these core values. And uh, I respect everybody's core values, you know, whoever they may be. But I am not going to back down from my core values. Right. And I say that in a respectful way. Because there's, there's times today when you when you start to talk about some of these issues, you're immediately a bigot, a racist, a homophobe, a this a phobe, a that phobe. It, it's just Crazy. out of control. Uh, people in this country have always enjoyed the great right to speak their mind and freedom of speech. And you go back in, in Congress, you go back to the, the Continental Congress when these guys were battling it out to form this country, there were spirited debates. But my God, they were high-end, elevated, oratory uh, guy. I mean, these guys were so gifted. They had respect uh, it, for it, each they, other. There was though. respect for each respect. other. There was respect for their, the whatever colony they came from. The differences of, of the geography of the country. There was all of that. Um, so I, I don't know. Uh, I guess you know the, the old saying: one soul at a time, one person at a time, one debate at a time. I don't know. It's disappointing, and I hope that uh, we can do better. I can't believe it can get any worse. So we could we can only get better, right? Uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny. And, I'm, and I'm, again, I'm not pointing fingers. I, 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 you know, there's some things that I love this president had that he's done, like standing up to China, like freedom of religion. Uh, I mean, the, the little sisters of the poor who were promised under Obamacare, the president promised them they wouldn't be affected by the Obamacare. Well, now the interpretation of Obamacare is the little sisters of the poor. These are nuns, folks. Yeah. And now have to go to the Supreme Court. 
to get out of because they don't believe, and this get back back to the freedoms, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. It's it's freedom of religion, not freedom from religion in this country. Right. That's one of the things we've lost too, is, is they are forced to have to offer certain things under the health care program like reproductive rights and stuff that they don't believe in. That would, never should have been the case. They were they were lied to. They they was pulled over. The wool was pulled over their eyes. And what a disgrace when I look back at that. So you got a, that order of nuns. All the good work they do, they live in poverty, and they get a fight against Big Brother and this federal government who knows what's best for them. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting we should do that topic, issue again. But though. Maybe another <laughs> we'll time. We'll come back but, at that one. <laughs> but you know, we we got to get back to the basics of uh, respect. Uh, you know, growing up, I often said, growing up, I learned from my parents an awful lot. The gift of faith, and uh, you know, you work hard. You treat everyone with respect and everyone with dignity. And I don't care what your background is, where you come from, your social background, your economic background, or your faith background. That should be baseline for everybody. And, uh, you know, we got to get back to it somehow. Well, you have, you have a good example of that with your relationship with our Republican governor, who you guys are so different in so many ways, but you're, you're good friends and you get together and you sit at the table and you respect each other. Well, I, it's funny. Some of my friends will name, I'll, I'll, they'll remain unnamed on the show here, but they were, they're Democrats. Mm-hmm. And they've told me they've gotten more respect from this governor, Republican, than they did to their own Democratic governor, the last guy. Yeah. No, I, listen, there's the ideology piece and there's the personal opinions. This is a good example. Him and I are very different on a lot of the social sure. issues, and that's okay. But he's the CEO of the state. He's the chief leader of the state. I'm the CEO of a city in his state. And uh, as CEO and mayor, we see eye to eye a lot of things. The end of the day, what we see is, look, we've got to produce for the people that put us here. That doesn't mean that everyone is going to be satisfied with every decision we make, but people expect production. People want to see work done, things accomplished on their behalf. So um, that's what's refreshing of working with this guy and his team, Jolly Baker. That's what's been working uh, and refreshing to work with my colleagues in government. We don't always agree on everything, but city council, school committee, our state delegation, all good people, working hard people that, that uh, say what they mean, mean what they say. And, and uh, But we're kind of rowing in the same direction. We're bringing our city forward. We're, our school system has never been better. Our city's never been safer. Our parks have never looked nicer and cleaner. You know, we're making great progress. We put a lot of people to work with the economic development. So a lot of good thing, thing, things happening, and that doesn't just happen with one person. You have to have collaboration. You have to have cooperation. And I've received nothing less from all the people in government I've worked with. And uh, and I know that in talking to Congressman Lynch, I don't want to speak for him, but he you know, I was saying to him how frustrated it is for me to see what's going on down there. And he's as frustrated as I was. He said, look, you can't get oxygen in the room to talk about real issues. Yeah. Because, you know, I, I want to talk about infrastructure. You know, that's, I know we've talked about that in the, on the show before, but that's one of the things in this country that we've got to get addressed if we're going to maintain our position in the world. And that's what you talked with Congressman Tulsi Gabbard when she was in that's town. exactly yeah. right. Exactly yeah. right. And she got it. You know, we had a good conversation. She understood it fully. So I, I feel for guys like Steve Lynch who are down there trying to get issues addressed, but they can't get oxygen in the room because it's uh, it's just this spirit down there that is, is not healthy right now. It's And I get it. I, people don't like Trump. Um, there's a certain element that uh, from day one, didn't want to give him a chance for after getting elected. And, and look, and I'm not touting Trump. He drives me crazy some days, what he says. And 
on uh, how he delivers things, you know, but <laughs> lack of decorum. Yeah. That, yeah, that's right. But there was an election. He won the election. Um, and now there's a Democratic House. So, okay, Democratic House, then you put forth an infrastructure bill. Right. You know, <laughs> come on, let's get something done. And uh, and that's where I know uh, Steve Lynch is, is in, in our corner. In the, when I say our corner, I mean in the district, that he's trying to get some stuff done down there. And he has been helpful. We just got some, some great grants for our fire department through his help and effort. And uh, so... You know, we got a lot of work to do, it, I think, and uh, to get where we need to be. Well, we'll come back to you and ask you more advice on that come Thanksgiving when we all have to sit down and talk with our families. Because my family, since since the last couple of years, we can't even talk about it anymore. Anyway. <laughs> Turkey, uh, the turkey's good. Well, though. speaking of accomplishments, <laughs> let's talk about uh, this last weekend. You had the official opening of the Southwest Middle School. So uh, why don't you share what that yeah, was Yeah, the old, it was originally opened as a South Junior School back, way back when. Those were junior highs back then. And then it was named for Ray Sterling. He was a principal there for many years um, and uh, after he retired. And then, you know, in the new proposal, we felt during the process, let's go back to the geographic names like we have in the other middle schools. You know, we get Point, Broadmeadows, Atlantic, Central. So we're honoring Ray Sterling with the media center. His, his picture is up in there. We're naming the media center for him. We, it was a little anticlimactic Sunday because we opened the school late June. We had to move the kids over to, in order to get the rest of it finished. But now the whole thing is complete. Now there's always, anyone in the construction world knows, there's always punch lists. There's always <laughs> little things that pop up that you still got to yeah. address. But overall, the whole thing is done. If you go by Granite Street now on the front end, the lawn is gorgeous. The business parking is completed. It, it looks magnificent. We've been going from the back end on Robert Street because that was done first. Mm. But, you know, we were joined by a number of colleagues in government, um, school committee members, counselors, Jack McCarthy representing the SBA, a state delegation, a number of parents and, and students. Uh, it was just phenomenal. The school is absolutely incredible. It was the same architect that did Central, but a whole different type of structure. Kind of fits there nicely from that. The old uh, Sterling, I know had people had uh, certainly a sentimental connection. I get that. But the building was u- utilitarian. It was not a handsome building. It was, <laughs> And yet houses around it, it was just looked like, like this old institutional, almost looked like a prison with the yeah. with the, the uh, type of windows they put in there in the, in the oh, 80s. Yeah. So, so I think it's been a welcome change for the neighborhood. Beautiful uh, There's school. a new spirit there. And it's a part of our city um, that, you know, some of those neighborhoods have been tied as what school was. So I think this is a kind of rejuvenation of that area of our city. And it's a, it's a visible commitment by the people that, that serve in government, as I just described earlier, that we do care about every population, about every part of our city, and we're seeing that with major investment. Third so, school so, completed, yep. Yep, so we thank Deb Goldberg, the state treasurer, and the school building authority, Jack McCarthy, for their participation, help, guidance, support, as well as the contractor was terrific, Bond Brothers, AI3, the architects, our OPM, our public buildings department, everybody working so well. And, for, and a lot of people listening may not know, ever never heard of Southwest Middle or have ever seen it, or may never see it, but we had an old building. We had to uh, take a portion of it off, build a new building right up against it, and then move the kids into the new building and then take the old building down. Mm. Uh, and it was seamless. It was flawless. Uh, we had no complaints. Uh, it really was a, a masterpiece, if you will, um, on how public construction should work. So we're grateful uh, to every worker that was involved over there. We did make special notation to two couple of graduates. From One was a graduate of South Junior. One was a graduate of Sterling. Uh, the Sterling graduate was Timmy Cahill, who was the uh, city council, Norfolk County treasurer, went on to become the state treasurer and receive a general and it really was under his leadership that the SBA started, was formed, School Building Authority. So Timmy really did a great job for the state, for the city. He was a proud grad of, of Sterling. So we, 
We talked a little about Timmy Thang Tim. And the other one was uh, George DiPaolo, who graduated from uh, what was then South Junior, and then went on to Quincy High, graduated in 1940, then went into the service, served his country in the United States Army. He was in the D-Day invasion. He was the Battle of the Bulge. The, the, the guy's records and medals are just phenomenal. But when he came home, he returned to Sterling, well, South Junior at the time, and became the custodian there. He served as custodian for 60 no years kidding. at that location. Well-loved by the community, well-loved by uh, the kids, uh, the parents, the staff there. He was held in such high esteem. Great. A remarkable American and a true uh, American hero. His wife was there, uh, Mrs. Topalo, and some of his family. Kathy Scribby, who's secretary in the office, is his daughter. So the, the bloodline continues in that mm. building, which I think is awesome. It's fantastic. A lot of those kids, they all attended that school and all. So we honored him and the auditorium's name for him uh, at the school. So good stuff. You know, this is good stuff. We should celebrate this stuff. It's positive. It's meaningful. It's a commitment to the youth. You know, what greater resource do we have oh. than our kids, right? Exactly. So let's get them the best start they can possibly get. Well, we've done so good good so far. Three brand new schools, new renovations throughout all the other schools in the city, a lot happening. So, But also, you know, yesterday, we didn't talk about this, but I happened to go with Bill Gary and a crew. We went to look at the new atrium that's going to be under that beautiful open civic space where the new parking garage is opening in right. November. But man, what a beautiful site. I don't think people have a clue what's coming there. It looks incredible. No, they don't. Until it's opened up, they won't have that chance either. I mean, yeah. you, you can peek through the fences, I suppose. But um, really, you know, we're yeah. looking by Thanksgiving. The, the garage will be open. The civic space will be finished. The atrium will be finished. So for people out there, this is the area behind the Fours restaurant. The new garage, the Peter O'Connell building being built across in the courthouse, and then the LBC building on Hancock Street. It's all connected by this beautiful civic space area. So you'll be able to park in that garage and cut through the atrium, and it comes out to Hancock and Cottage. You can go wherever you want. It's a beautiful setting. It's yeah. a nice connection. The garage is first class. It's well lit. It's, it looks really handsome. doesn't look like a typical old crappy big concrete garage, <laughs> yeah. really. I don't know how else to put it. Um, yeah, exactly. It's really handsome. The, the O'Connell building is going to be magnificent and handsome, and next to his building is going to be a nice pocket park, which connects to this Civic space in the middle, the Fours and, and 16C and Albers and all the restaurants down there you know, have gone through a difficult period through construction. So this is going to be a, a real shot in the arm for the entire district up there. Yeah, they're, uh, they're for people all to be able to come to in and enjoy the, enjoy the beautiful scenery, enjoy the beautiful space, and then enjoy the course of the great restaurants that we have. So well, we'll talk about that. That's a major phase being, being finished up as we speak. We'll talk about that more as we head uh, closer to that opening of that garage sure. and that civic space. But... Finally, uh, today, Mayor, it is uh, on. It is the week before the uh, election, and we're not going to get into specific elections, including yours. But we are. We, I did want to ask you, and, and I know that this is something we've mentioned. I don't know, maybe ten weeks ago, but the importance of local elections. Yeah, yeah. There's um, there are elections around. Uh, the, it's always the first Tuesday after the first Monday, whether it's state, yeah. federal, or. City elections. I'm not talking about primaries here, but the general election. Yeah. And um, next Tuesday, uh, I'm on the ballot. City councils at large, ward councils, and half of the school committees on the ballot. And I always say to people when I speak about local elections, and because the numbers continue to, to be in decline, the turnout wise, that there's nothing more relevant to them government wise than the local government. You know, yeah. everything happens here. We, you know, we mentioned earlier, you need know, your police, your fire, your plowing, your rubbish pickup, your schools, your libraries, your parks. Senior services, veteran service, it's all here. It's so relevant. Yet, it's the least turnout elections at the local election. You know, I mean, the, 
everyone wants to get out and vote for the next president, right? And, yeah. and I think everyone should get out and vote every election. But, you know, this should be no less important to people uh, because this is where the rubber hits the road as far as services you deal with uh, from, from your government. So, you know, next Tuesday, the polls are open 7 in the morning to 8 p.m. I encourage, encourage people to get, no matter who you're voting for, get out and cast your ballot. A lot of people died to protect that right that we have in this country, and we should take advantage of that privilege. And thank you, Mayor. And that's a good uh, note to close on. What do you think? Thanks, Bill. Thanks, Mayor.